That zero, we back, and two sides. This is Patterns of Development. Let's talk about it some more. Electric cars, are they the future? What type of future do they help shape? How do they help the environment? Do they even help the environment? Okay, so I learned this week in 2020, approximately one in 20 cars on the road worldwide was completely electric. No big shocker there. I'm actually surprised at how high that number is. We know from the study done by the University of Toronto that it takes about 36,000 miles driven for an electric vehicle to break carbon even. And I wonder, is it essential we get that one to 20 ratio up? If yes, let's go. If no, what do we do instead? In a world of COVID, we talk a lot about essential activities and transportation is essential, if not the most essential activity. As cities developed in the early days, they typically were on waterways. The most cost-effective way to move raw commodities and large amounts of people was, of course, on water. Through time, the most popular transportation method ultimately shaped and continues to shape our cities, whether it's horse pass, canals, railways, highways, airports, etc. Obviously, in other situations like warfare, getting troops and resources into place is essential to winning the conflict. Commerce, same deal. Get your customer order delivered at the right place and at the right time. Transportation now has a lot of different methods. Churchill said it, by sea, land, and air, with all our might, with all our strength. I must be on a World War II kick. He was talking about combat, but there is a connection here. Air, land, and sea are the only ways we can possibly physically move people and goods. Planes, trains, automobiles, trucks, and ships. If you don't believe this is essential, Amazon today has created billions of dollars in value because they focused on just that. Air, land, and sea is the strategy to getting people their stuff quickly. In fact, they've been hiring people with military experience to even help them set up that network. The point is, whether by land, air, or sea, you're probably burning fossil fuel unless you're that one out of 20 I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. I haven't mentioned bikes yet. It's maybe because I'm an American. Bikes don't get their own domain airplanes get airports boats get seaports we tend to associate land to cars and trucks there might be something to explore there later work from christian brand and his team at oxford just wrapped up a study documenting that cycling is 10 times more important than electric cars for helping create net zero or carbon neutral cities 10x is measured by the reduction of carbon emissions from bikers versus automobile drivers as i say this out loud it's probably well obviously not rocket science If I don't run a machine that needs me to burn fossil fuel, my carbon footprint will obviously decrease. It appears that the research and data is difficult to come by and thus under-researched. Either way, good research to help us consider the opportunity cost as electric vehicles get the hype and attention and potentially take the lead as our most popular transportation type in our cities. But our city's dead. Has COVID killed the city? Is New York hosed? So many people are leaving our big cities. Rents are dropping. This can't be a good thing, right? Well... Maybe not. To serve as a counterpoint to that narrative, Vox did an interview with economist from UC Berkeley, Enrico Morietti. Enrico is the author of The New Geography of Jobs, a book I haven't read yet, but recently added to my wish list. He talks about how high productivity workers cluster in a handful of cities, and because of how powerful that effect is, it's unlikely that we'll be going to full remote and cities will die. Two dots that I can connect here to Enrico's thinking, Ed Glassier, in his book, Triumph of the City, discusses a pattern through history that when people get together and talk, ideas start bouncing around, they start investing in their education, get smarter, and cities thrive. Jeff Speck's walkable city, when people can live, work, and play, spending less time transporting themselves and more time interacting, commercial activity increases. 
The world has seen pandemics before. It didn't kill the cities then. It probably won't kill them now. More people live in urban environments than ever before. The city, our greatest invention, as Ed Glassier calls it, is not going anywhere. So if our cities aren't going anywhere and transportation is essential, we need the best infrastructure, right? And the hot gossip lately, the thing to talk about, Biden administration's plan to spend trillions of dollars on infrastructure in the United States. I shared with you two links, two viewpoints, one saying it's good from Wired, one saying, hey, let's wait a minute here and think about the opportunity cost. That's from Strong Towns. We can do a lot with trillions of dollars. Are we doing the right thing? The upside here, invest more into urban transportation systems than highway systems. Since more people, and we recognize this, more people living in urban settings than ever before, we should allocate our resources where more people live, right? The downside, and I'm quoting here, this is from Chuck at Strong Towns. The plan is bold, but it's only bold in its size, not in its vision. The revenue the government receives as a result of the investment must cover the cost of the investment. Otherwise, it's not one. It's just consumption. More research required or maybe a bonus episode on breaking down the American Jobs Plan. There's a lot to digest here. I certainly enjoyed reading Point and Counterpoint from both Wired and Strong Towns. Last up, a quick shout out to Anson Yu, who on Twitter got almost 10,000 likes with her tweet a couple of days ago. Girls only want one thing, and it's a walkable city with mixed use. I don't know Anson personally, but girl, you right. And that's it. Thanks for listening to Patterns of Development. If you have any questions, thoughts, or feedback, please email me, kyle at patternsofdevelopment.com. And a huge credit and thank you to Rafi Bushman. He is just a phenomenal musician in London who gave me permission to use his song Look Up as the theme song for this audio experiment. Please check him out on Spotify. It's good stuff there. Looking forward to next week, and I'll talk to you all soon.